It was a red letter day, bloody, beaten, and nailed to a cross. A dying Jesus looked at those around him and spoke his final words as a man. What did he say? Well, join us as we relive Jesus' final hours and celebrate his ultimate victory with a new series called Red Letter Day. Join us now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so thankful to be here and be with all of you. Uh, We are starting a new series today that I believe is going to impact you in a very significant and meaningful and spiritual way as we prepare our hearts for Easter. That's going to be in a few weeks, right? And when we are, we are going to celebrate the empty tomb. And so I thought it might be very meaningful if we look at the phrases that Jesus spoke while on the cross. And so we believe that uh, if you are listening with us today, God has placed you uh, where you are for a reason and a purpose, and we will uh, we are praying that He will reveal uh, what that is to you. So let's dive right in. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew twenty-seven today, Matthew chapter twenty-seven today, and Jesus is already on the cross. And here's what the Bible says: We're like I said, we're going to dive right in. It's Matthew twenty-seven, thirty-seven through forty-three. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Now, admittedly, if you were looking on at Jesus hanging on the cross, you might say something like that, like what they did as well, right? He trusts in God. Where where is his God now, right? Because if you would have seen him, you would have been deeply disturbed because scripture tells us very clearly what they did to Jesus. They beat him and abused him so severely that he didn't even look like a human being. Okay, Think about this. They took his clothing off and whipped him 39 times across the back with a leather whip that would have had pieces of glass and metal and sharp objects attached to it. And it would have literally ripped his back open. And oftentimes, this kind of scourging would leave internal organs exposed. They blindfolded him, and with their big signet rings, they pounded him again and again in the face, crying out, prophecy, tell us who hit you, until his face was black and blue and bloody. Then just to make fun of him, they put the crown of thorns upon his brow, the sharpest thorns that you can imagine, and pushed it down where blood just covered his face. They kicked him again and again and again, and they spit on him, and they took the creation, the creator, put him down on ground, uh, put him down on the ground on pieces of wood, and, and drove stakes through his flesh, through his hands, and through his heels. 
History tells us they would have stripped him down naked, and, and there he is looking more like an animal than a man, hanging naked on the cross. And, and, and they were saying, you still trust in God? Where is he now? Where is he now? The root word that is translated as trust in this portion of scripture is spelled P-E-I-T-H-O, pytho. And so it means to convince or to rely on, uh, on with inward certainty, to have full confidence or complete trust, to have full confidence or complete trust. You still trust in God? You see, it's very easy to trust in God when things are going well, but for many of us, it's difficult to trust in God when life goes dark. All of us at some point must answer the fundamental question of life. Do you really trust God? From the beginning of creation, every force in hell would, would try to undermine the character and authority and the nature and goodness of God. Even in the form of a serpent, the evil one came to talk. He said, uh, are you going to trust him? Did you really say don't eat from that fruit? Are you really going to trust him? Because it's easy to trust him in the light, but it's so much more difficult to trust him when life goes dark. Now, to give you an example, I'm going to share a story with you that, that I just shared for the first time uh, this Sunday in, in, in service. Uh, I had never shared this with anyone before. Uh, so those that are listening, um, this is going to be a new thing for you. It was even new to my, my own family, my wife and my kids. And, and the reason I, 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 don't sh- I didn't share this story with anybody is because my family already makes fun of me because they think I'm scared of the dark. Okay, And, and, and I'm not scared of the dark. I'm scared of things in the dark, <laughs> okay? Uh, let me let me kind of give you an example. They mostly make fun of me at home because I like to turn the lights on when I get up in the middle of the night and turn, you know, walk around in, in light, not in the dark. And, and they think it's because I'm scared of the dark. No, it's I'm, think, I'm, I'm scared of the things that jump out at you, like the corner of the bed or the corner of the dresser <laughs> or a box or something's just not supposed to be where it is, right? Uh, that's what I'm scared of, okay? So anyway, we were out camping one time. And when we go camping, we use a tent or rent a cabin. We don't have, we don't have a camper. Uh, and, and this time we were in a tent. And so no bathrooms are nearby, right? In a cabin, you have bathrooms. Tent, you don't. And so you usually have to use the facility that's in the campground. So where we can't, we had to, it was far enough away that we either had to drive or, or walk to the restrooms. And so here we are. I needed to go. And it was about 10 p.m. and it was dark outside. And and when you are in the middle of nowhere and away from the campfire or any other source of light, if you've been camping, you know it gets real dark, right? But I decided to walk there. But instead of a grabbing a real flashlight, I, I figured I would just use my, my phone, my iPhone. And so as I was walking, I realized that it was a little further than I thought it would be. You know, I was like, man, I should have drove this instead of walking this. And so I decided to take a little shortcut through this this little area of of woods, okay? It was a little small wooded area. Um, you could not see the bathrooms on the other side, but I knew they were right on the other side because of the way the road goes. I've been on it earlier in the day. And all I can say is, idiot, 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 okay? Um, I started walking in there. Once I got under the cover of the, tr- cover of the tree, it, it was so dark I couldn't even tell where the trail was, right? And, and I had my cell phone out using this flashlight, but it just wasn't quite enough. And I'm praying, God, I know this was stupid, but thou art with me in the valley of the shadow of the death, right? In, in the middle of this, help me, oh God, right? And I was going in there, and all of a sudden, I saw this animal run out in front of me. 
and it was a rather big animal. Okay. And I, and I just, I just kind of panicked at that moment. And then I thought, well, maybe it's my dog that decided to follow me because we, we brought my, we brought our pets. And, and so I said, my dog's name's Cooper. I said, Cooper, come here, here, Cooper, here, Cooper. The animal did not come up wagging his tail, looking me in the face. It was not Cooper. At this point, I'm telling you, I got scared. <laughs> I don't know if you have ever heard your own heartbeat when you get scared, but that's where I was. And I'm fairly certain I didn't say a bad word, but I'm 100% certain that I thought one right there in my preacher head, okay? <laughs> I, I, I meant it was right there. I couldn't breathe, and I thought about turning and running, but I thought if this is a mountain lion or something, I'm a big guy, not in the greatest shape. It, it can overtake me, and it will eat me from behind, right? And so here I was visualizing the headlines, local pastor mauled to death by a mountain lion as family makes fun of him for being scared in the dark, right? And I just panicked and I just stood there frozen for, for who knows how long. And finally, I just started, you know, step by step walking back because I wasn't going forward. I'm going to walk back, you know, and all I could see was these two little eyes looking at me. And to this day, I don't know what it was, okay? And by the way, I never made it to the bathroom. I just held it, okay? It could have been a man-eating raccoon. It could have been a flesh-eating deer. It could have been a cougar. I don't know. But I went from trusting God with everything to moments later, not even sure if there was a God. But knowing that if there was a God, I was about to meet him, okay? It's so easy to trust God when life is going the way you want it to. But it's so much more difficult when you don't understand, when your life is in the dark. And speaking of dark, here's what the Bible says about this time on the cross. Let's read on in Matthew 27, verses 45 and 46. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came all over the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Never one time did he complain when men did their worst, but when God withdraws, he screams out in agony, I can't take this. I don't understand this. Why? And it's interesting to me that all through the gospels, Jesus referred to God as his father, his Abba, his daddy. But at this moment, something happened. And I don't know what it is, but instead of saying daddy, Abba, Papa, father, he says, my God, my God, why? This is perhaps one of the saddest verses in the Bible and unquestionably is one of the most confusing. Martin Luther, centuries ago, said, how can God forsake God? Because that is what happened. The answer is, I don't know. I can't explain this. There are so many theological challenges in this question that I could never, not even begin to answer how, why, and what. God, his son, forsake him. I mean, God, Jesus had to know, right? Did, did he know? Did, did he not know? Surely he knew he was God. With all these questions, he embraces the one question that almost all of us ask at some point in our lives. When it goes dark and, and we don't understand, we end up asking, why? Hi, my name is Lisa, and in July of 2008, my husband and I went in for a routine ultrasound at 20 weeks. And we found out then that our baby didn't have a heartbeat. Hi, my name is Scott. About, it was the early morning I got a phone call and it was about my grandson being taken to the hospital. And he was my little buddy, he was, he was the world to me. I have other grandkids, but, but Nova was, he was special. Uh, my name is Deidre 
and um, my father sexually abused me until I was eight years old. Um, and he also beat the living daylight out of my mother. And when we got there and they had just had just gotten him resuscitated, they admitted him into the, his room and, and it was at that point that I was like, God, why? Why? He's not even three years old. Why would you take this precious boy? It made me feel betrayed by God. It made me feel dirty. It made me feel like God left me um, out there by myself. Um, and I asked why. Um, I couldn't understand why God would allow something like that to happen to me. It was about a week when, when he finally uh, passed away. So that was the hardest thing that we ever had to go through. And it was the hardest point in my life. And I questioned and questioned and questioned why, why was this baby taken from us when I never got to hold him or kiss his face. Hearing those hurts and those questions, that's where we all live at some time or another. And you ask why. I don't understand. And the reality is we have to understand that we are not always going to understand. We're not always going to understand, and that's the truth, because we only see part of the story. We can't understand everything from God's perspective. In fact, Paul said this very clearly in 1 Corinthians 13 when he was comparing now with eternity. He said, uh, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. I can't, I just can't understand it all right now, only a part. It's a little bit like this. If, if I held up a sign that said the words, uh, the, the letters N-O-W-H-E-R-E and ask you, what two words do you see? Many of you would say, I see nowhere. Others of you would say, no, actually I see now here. Those of you from the deep south, you'd probably say, I see no air, right? <laughs> Sorry, dad joke. Anyway, you only see part at the beginning. And a lot of people at hard times, they say, God is nowhere to be found. Others who truly get to know God, they say, he's now here. Even though I don't understand, he is here. See, when my daughter Kaylee busted her forehead wide opening in a sledding accident, uh, we had to take her to the emergency room and they had to do stitches. I shared this a while back. I, I will never forget the frustration I felt as I had to pin her down as, as the doctor stitched and, and she screamed out, Daddy, why? Daddy, don't let them do this to me. Daddy, don't, don't, please, no. And I thought, there's no way I could explain to this five-year-old girl why her daddy is, is holding her down you know, and letting somebody else hurt her. She is incapable of understanding, just as we are often incapable of understanding God and his divine purposes especially in our pain. And here's what God says in Isaiah 55, uh, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But the good news is that God's word gives us some things that we need to remember when we don't understand. How do we get from the place in life where we are like, God is nowhere to be found in this circumstance to the place that we say, without a doubt, that God is now here. 
Life moves. Curveballs come at us. Things change. How do we get from here to there? Well, I'm going to share with you. We hold on to a God that is unchangeable. We hold on to a God that is unchangeable. That's what we do. Let's be honest. Some of us are not in a crisis. Some of you listening today, you, you feel blessed and praise God for it. You feel the abundant smile of, of God in your life and, and, and remember who God is and, and holding, you're holding on to him in your life. And it probably looks a little bit like when we see somebody in a full posture of, of prayer, right? It's calming. You're reassured that he is good and, and he loves you. But every, in every life, the winds always change directions and the storms of life begin to blow, don't they? The challenges and the curveballs and the betrayals and the things you didn't expect. And all of a sudden, holding on to who God is, is a little bit more like you're hanging on to a light pole, completely vertical, and the storm is blowing through, right? Anybody relate? Right? But sometimes in life, you get to the point where the chaos and the hurt and the confusion are, are so great that holding on to who God leaves you with white knuckles, right? And worn out muscles spiritually. Well, today we're going to hold on to an unchanging and an immovable God. Okay? What to remember when you just don't understand? Okay? We are going to remember that, that God is good. God is good. Mark 10, 18 says this, Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. He is good. Here's why it's important. Because we tend to project our present, uh, present situation on God when we are confused and when things happen that we don't understand. We say, God, why have you left me in this place? I, I don't get it. Where are you? When things uh, happen that are bad, we, we sometimes think maybe God isn't good because he's allowing these things to happen. But our God transcends circumstances. That's what we hold on to. In the middle of cancer, God is good. In abuse and hurt so deep that we can't even explain it and they affect our lives for years, God is good. In grieving a loss, okay, when we lose a loved one, God is good forever. And it will never change. He is always good. Okay, Remember, God is always good. The second thing and what to remember when we don't understand is this. God is for me. God is for me. Romans 8.31 says this, What then shall we say in response to these, these things? If God is for us, who can be against us, right? God authored everything. The Bible says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the great I Am. He breathed the stars into space, and yet Scripture says he is for you. If that is true, and the, the God that created everything is for you, then who and what circumstance could dare phase you? The all-powerful God is your advocate. He believes in you. He has a reason and a purpose that is beyond the confusion of today. And we hold on to that. We remember that God is always good. He is always for us. And the third thing, and what to remember when we don't understand, is this. God is with me. He is with us. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And that is good news, right? No matter how alone you may feel, no matter how betrayed you have, may have been, God promises that he will, he will never leave, that he is good, that he is for you and that he is with you. So even when we don't understand, we can always remember that God is good, God is for us, and God is with us. 
He will never leave us and forsake us. So the question I would ask you is this. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? Because it's, it's easy to trust God in the light, but it's more difficult to trust God when life is dark. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 tells us this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Here's what I'm finding in my life. The better I know God, the less I ask why. And the better I know God, the more I ask what. Instead of God, why is this happening? God, why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing what I want? The better I get to know God, the more I ask what. God, what are you doing? God, what do you want me to see? God, what is your purpose? God, what is your plan? When so many people say God is nowhere to be found, I say, no, I know him. God is now here. Instead of asking why, I've learned to ask what. Now, you may ask, why did God forsake Jesus? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is what Jesus said, right? Well, the answer is found in Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. The Bible says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Why did God have to forsake Jesus? Because Jesus became sin. On the cross, he became great. And murder and adultery and lust and lying and pornography and cheating and racism and hatred and any other sin that has existed in this world, Jesus became that sin. And God had to look away because his eyes are too righteous to even look upon sin. He died for our sins so that our sins can be forgiven. When everyone around the cross didn't understand, God made him sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ. I grew older, and um, in 2004, I was able to go on a mission trip to Honduras. And um, in, some, in my prayer time in Honduras, I, was, I prayed and was still asking God why. Um, and I felt like God revealed to me that he allowed that to happen. So... Um, a passion could be birthed inside of me for students, for youth, for young people. We struggled with the why and um, questioned, and God showed us throughout the whole process that He was with us and that He He was holding our Isaiah when we couldn't. But it was during the time when we knew that He was going to leave us that he was going to, to go be with our Father in heaven, that we knew God was in this. We, we, we knew it was, but it was, it was difficult to get to that place. We, we really wanted him to be healed, but we, had, we began the process of accepting that God was God and God is good. I would never choose to have my father abuse me, but... Um, by God allowing that to happen, um, I'm able, as a survivor, I'm able to tell my students that they too can forgive, they too can survive, they too can be healed um, and live with our true Father. Because of that, man, I can experience the love of my true Father, my Heavenly Father, a love that is pure and unconditional. After trying for a year and a half after losing Isaiah, um, we found out this past Christmas that um, I'm pregnant, and um, I have a peace about this pregnancy, and that's something that I feel that God has shown me, and 
um, put on my heart, and he's been faithful, and he's good. So no matter what you've been going through, never, ever forget that God is good. He is for you, and he will never, ever leave you. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for another episode of Venture Podcast. As always, we are so glad that you participated with us. And as always, we hope that you will join us next week as we continue our series called Red Letter Day. We will talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support this ministry, please visit chandleracreschurch.com.